You're welcome to day 7 of BTF 2024. Hallelujah. I strongly believe God has started a great work in your life. Amen and amen. I want to start out tonight by bringing us to the awareness once and again that unending breakthrough is our covenant birthright. It is your right. And one thing you need to understand about a right is that a right is not something you beg for. A right is not something given to you. A right is something you must ensure is not taken away from you. There's a difference. Somebody hear what I'm saying tonight? Your right is not something you plead for. Your right is not a gift that is given to you. A right is something that you must ensure is not taken away from you. So, there are certain rights you have because you are born into certain families. There are certain things that come with a tough. Simply because you were born into certain homes, you have some surnames. There are certain things that becomes a right. It becomes an inheritance. Now, you don't pray to enter those things. You just need to be born to enter those things. The same way as believers, when we give our lives to Christ, there are things we don't pray for. There are things we just enter into. Why? Because we have been born into it. One of such things is unending breakthroughs. That's why in Psalms 115 and verse 14, the Bible says, The Lord shall increase you more and more. More and more. More and more. It simply means it's going to be unending. More and more. It says, The Lord shall increase you. And remember, we said that one of the indices of better days is what? Increase. Increase. So it says the Lord shall increase you more and more. And it will not end with you. Why? Because it is an inheritance. He said you, but it's not stopping with you. He said you and your children. You and your children. Because whatever happens to you must happen for them. That's why it would have been an anomaly if Abraham had been blessed and Isaac had been wretched. Something would have been wrong. The Bible says, and Abraham was blessed. It says, the Lord had blessed him in all things. And when it came to the life of Isaac in Genesis 26, the Bible says, and Isaac had possessions. Possessions. Jacob, when he left his father's house, running away from his brother, it seemed that see, things were not going to pan out. But the Bible says, eventually when he left the house of Laban, he left the house of Laban with great possessions. Generations later, when the children of Israel were living the life of the house of bondage in Egypt, the Bible says they came out not empty and there, but with great substance. Why? Because it is an inheritance. It's an inheritance. The reason why we pray is to enforce what God has done for us. Not to plead and to beg God to do certain things. Because on Calvary's cross, Jesus said it is finished. It is finished. And so it is up to you to ensure that everything God has made available becomes a reality in your life. That's the work. That's the work. The work is not trying to get God to do something that he has not done. The work is to ensure that that which he has done becomes my reality. The work is to ensure that what he has promised, because the Bible says he has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. He's not going to bless us. He has already blessed us. And so it is our responsibility to ensure that that which is already a spiritual reality, right, becomes a material equivalent. Somebody hear what I'm saying tonight? So it is your birthright. 
So all through this year's Breakthrough Festival, what I'm simply, you know, I'm bringing you into is an awareness of that which belongs to you. And how to walk in the reality of what has been made available. So we're not trying to get God to do something that he doesn't want to do. We're not trying to squeeze his arms. Right? We're not trying to make him do what he doesn't want to do. Because you need to understand that there is a, you know, sometimes the average believer knows that God is able, but they are not sure God is willing. So when you ask the average person, can God do this? They say, of course, I know God can do, do it. But when you ask them, can God do it for you? That's where the problem is. I know that he's able. But do I know that he's willing? That's a different kettle of fish, like I say. So, it's not enough for you to know about the ability of God. You need to come to an awareness of His willingness. His willingness. His willingness. And for you to have an understanding of His willingness, He was willing to sacrifice His only Son for you. And the Bible says that, <laughs> how will He withhold from you anything when He has freely given you His Son? What else? What else? What else will he withhold from you? That's what the Bible says. No good gift will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. Psalms 85, I believe, verse 11. No good thing. No good thing. No good thing. I don't know what that good thing is that you are trusting God for this year. Maybe it's a new car, a new home, a new job, promotion on the job, you know, a spouse, whatever it is. It says, No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. I decree and I declare that this year no good thing will be withheld from you. Oh, this year no good thing will be withheld from you. Whatever has been withholding good from you, I decree and declare, let it lose its grip over your good. In the name of Jesus. This year no good thing will be withheld from you. We will see your life and we will see the goodness of God on display. You see, God does not just want to do good. He wants to make our life a display of his goodness. There is no father, no responsible and sane father who is financially and materially blessed and he doesn't want it to show in the life of his children or the wife except he's a narcissist or something is wrong somewhere. You want it to show in your life of your children. You want the best for your children. You want the best for your spouse. But let me tell you this. The Bible makes us to understand that if we've been wicked, know how to give good gifts to our children. God is saying that in our wickedness, we still know how to do good things. He says, how much more God? How much more God? He says, in your wickedness, you know how to give good things. How much more? How much more? How much more? Oh, this year you will see the goodness of God. You will embody the goodness of God in the name of Jesus. And I want us to also understand something that breakthroughs can be perpetuated and replicated. It simply means whatever you think God do in someone's life, He can do in your life. Scripture says the same God is rich unto all that call upon Him. Romans chapter 10 and verse 12. It says, for there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all. Is rich unto all that call upon him. Not rich unto some, but rich unto all. Rich unto all. So if I think God do it in someone's life, I know he's going to do it in my life. That's why we don't envy people. Let me tell you this. If you have an accurate understanding of this scripture, you will not be envious of people who are going to depression when God does for them what you are praying for him to do in your life. The fact that you are releasing your faith for something and you see God do it in someone's life is proof that God is still in the business of doing it. 
Did somebody get what I just said? So there is no basis for envy. There is no basis for jealousy. Because there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. The same God is rich unto all. The only thing is, can I call upon him? He says he's rich unto all that call upon him. As long as I'm calling on him and I know that he has ears and is not deaf. Because the one that made ears, will he not hear? The one that made the eyes, will he not see? So if he has done it for one, he can do it for all. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying? So you see someone do something this year that you are trusting God for. That's why Jesus said rejoice with them that rejoice. You know why? When you are rejoicing with them, you are realizing your reality. So when it eventually happens, you are not having a culture shock. You are already used to it. Why? Because you have been realizing it. So when you eventually step into it, it fits you. You know some people, <laughs> haven't you seen some people that they are in certain places, certain positions, you are, this thing does not fit this person. But there are some people, some things just fit them. This year will fit you. In the name of Jesus. Oh, God's blessings will fit you. That promotion will fit you. That new job will fit you. In the name of Jesus. You look at someone like Joseph. It's as if Joseph had been rehearsing all his life. From prison to palace. And when they made him prime minister, he fitted him. He wasn't trying. Nobody, they didn't give him finishing school. No, he was used to it. When they were bringing him out of the prison, the Bible says he changed his garment and shaved his beard. He had been ready all his life. I'm sure he must have had conversations with the baker and the butler. What does the palace look like? What's the protocol of the palace? How do you do things there? How do I know? That's how we knew that to appear before the Pharaoh, you must shave your beard. That's how we knew. So you see God do something in someone's life and you are trusting him for it. Don't become aloof. Don't distance yourself. Get closer. How did you get it? Tell me about it. Hallelujah. Is somebody hearing what I'm... See, that's not even part of my notes. I believe it's a prophetic word for someone. Because when God is doing something for your neighbor, it's because he's around. He's in your neighborhood. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And so it simply means he's getting closer. It's getting closer. It's getting closer. It's getting closer. Maybe all your life, when you hear that someone, you know, does a business in tons of billions. It used to be something very far. Eh? Billions. You even try to count it. As you are counting it, you miscount. You start again. How many zeros gone all over and you know? Yeah. But now, God brings you around someone that's not a turnover of, done a business in turnover of billions or hundreds of millions. Guess what? It's getting closer. It's getting closer. It's getting closer. Somebody says it's getting closer. Oh, I can't hear you. Say it's getting closer. Because let me tell you this. It's very difficult for you to attract what is strange. That's why for God to do something in your life, he will first advertise it to you. Look at David. When Samuel anointed him and said you're going to be king. You see, before he became king, he was not going to be king until maybe 13, 17 years later. But what did God do? God ensured that there was a problem in the palace. And the only person that could solve it was David. So they said, we need somebody that can play the harp well. So they brought David into the palace. And somebody said, oh, I know a guy. I know a son of Jay-Z. He's skillful in playing the harp. He's a mighty man of war. Started hyping David. So, so go get the guy. And when they brought David, guess what? David was seeing his future. So it was becoming real to him. So it was no longer something in the figment of the imagination. It was no longer what Prophet Samuel said. He now saw what it looks like. Maybe somebody has never traveled before. 
It's part of your dream that you want to travel. Your friend is traveling. Follow them to the airport. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Ah, follow them to the airport. See how they check him. And wave them goodbye. And say, I'm coming next. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Uh, so that the day you go to, you will not be, it will not be strange. You are going to Qatar Airways. You go to Ethiopia Airlines and miss your flight. You already used to it. You know how they check in. You already used to how they announce flights. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Oh, somebody say hallelujah. Somebody say it's getting closer. It's getting closer. <laughs> I remember my pastor told the story. About the first time he was going to fly in his life. He was going to Abuja. He has always had that. They serve food. So he said when he got to the counter where they were checking him. Many, many, many years ago. He asked them, said, you are serving pounded yam, right? <laughs> Those who already knew it was his first time. They said, yes. <laughs> he said he got on the flight, no pounded yam. He said it was when he landed, they realized that they were actually making mess of him. Don't let that happen to you. I hear what I'm saying. Aha, so you see God do something in someone's life and it is what you desire. Get closer. Don't beef. Don't beef. Because it's getting closer. Somebody say it's getting closer. Oh, I can't hear you say it's getting closer. The blessing is getting closer. The new job is getting closer. The business bridge is getting closer. The spouse is getting closer. The children are getting closer. The perfect job is getting closer. That spouse is getting closer. That visa is getting closer. That global breakthrough is getting closer. If you believe it, say a very big amen. It's getting closer. To no longer be delayed. It will no longer be afar off. In the name of Jesus. Oh, I say it will no longer be delayed. Whatever is delaying God's plan and purpose will decree and declare tonight. Let the delays be removed. In the name of Jesus. So we've been talking about the breakthrough pillars. We've spoken about the breakthrough pillar of vision. The breakthrough pillar of supplication. The breakthrough pillar of sacrifice. The breakthrough pillar of faith. That we blessed last night. How many of us had a deeper understanding of faith? Yeah, you need to go hear the message again. And again and again. And we said faith expects faith speaks faith moves and faith does what it does what let's start again don't worry go to your note the first thing faith does is what it what it expects number two it does what it speaks number three it does what it moves and the next is the chorus is not clear huh it agrees with God. And next is what? It believes. It believes. It believes. Faith believes. Faith believes. As when I mentioned that it believes, you must believe in the investments of God in you. You must believe in God. Right? Did I mention that? Okay, I think I mentioned that on Saturday. It was on Saturday I mentioned it. I spoke about three things you must believe. Number one, you must believe in the investments of God in you. Number two, you must believe in God himself. Number three, you must believe in the one he has sent to you very important, very important and very critical. We also spoke about the breakthrough pillar of power. The breakthrough pillar of power. The breakthrough pillar of power. Psalm 66 and verse 3. It says, Say unto God, how terrible are thy works. Through the greatness of your power shall your enemies submit themselves unto you. And I mentioned that if God needed power for his enemies to submit to him, you and I need it. Oh, we need it. 
Don't live a powerless life as a believer. Am I making sense? Don't live a powerless life. Don't be so contemporary and so psychedelic that you are paperweights. You know, even in the world of boxing, there are different categories. There are heavyweights, there are paperweights. You can't, um, there are lightweights. That's what's wrong, sorry. So, imagine they now put a lightweight. You've been fighting with other lightweight boxers all your life. You have not prepared to fight heavyweights. They now put you in a ring with heavyweights. So, just get your dead body out. One punch, you are gone. Because there are, see, that's the same way that life is categorized. Everybody is categorized according to the level of their strength, the level of their power. That's why now, I think it's chapter 3, verse 1, there about, it says, seek strength because of the enemy. Seek strength because of the enemy. Verse 11. Nahum chapter 3 and verse 11. He said, thou also shalt be drunken, thou shalt be healed. Also, thou shalt seek strength. That strength is talking about power because of the enemy. That same Naomi, chapter 2 and verse 1. He says, he that dasheth in pieces. I think we need to see that. Yeah. He says, he that, Naomi 2 and verse 1 now. Naomi 2 and verse 1. He says, he that dasheth in pieces is come before thy face. He says, keep the munition. Watch the way. Make thy loins strong. Fortify your power mightily. Why? Because the one that dashes in pieces is coming before you. He's getting closer. He's getting closer. The reason why he's getting close to you is because you are not fortifying yourself. You're not fortifying yourself. And look at how the Bible describes the devil. He says he dashes in pieces. That sounds like what Jesus said in John chapter 10 and verse 10. He says the thief comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy. Anytime you see things working, let me tell you this, the devil is about to show up there. The devil does not like when things are working, especially in the life of a believer. His goal is to scatter it, to destroy it. Remember the scripture, one of the prayers last night, talking about the horns. He says they've come to scatter Judah so that no one will lift his head. The higher you are rising and the higher you desire to rise, the greater must be your fortification. I was having a conversation with someone, I can't remember, a couple of days ago. I said, haven't you noticed that in developed countries, huh, during festive seasons, their presidents don't leave the seat of power? Do you see UK Prime Minister leave 10 Downing Street? Do you see Biden or Trump leave White House? But from time memorial, you see our own presidents. They will leave the seat of power for two weeks and go back to their village. You think they are just going to eat meat? No, they are going to receive extra fortification. Don't be deluded. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because they keep doing that and they come back to meet that room. To meet the seats. And there is no coup. For those of us that read this street, that know of this street, you know how coups happen a lot in Nigeria. The past president was once a victim of coup. Ah, Yet, he became a democratic president and he still left the seat several times to go to Daura. You think he's just going to check out too? Hmm. Fortify your power mightily. You didn't notice that that scripture did not say fortify yourself. It says fortify your power. So he's assuming you already have the measure of power. So he's saying increase it. Intensify it. Intensify it. So if you're going to rise higher, your power must be greater. Friends, the days are gone where you will be so touched, but you are powerless. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Let's redefine touch. 
Let's redefine it in such a way that you're looking all put together. Your English is perfect. You smell nice. And that you are powerful now. When you greet us, it's dragon's breath. So, ah! <laughs> oh, you are smelling so bad. So what? Because ah, I'm looking for power, 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 power. No, 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 no. There has to be a balance. Jesus was so powerful, yet he dressed so well. How do I know? The Roman soldiers fought over what he was wearing. Those were elite soldiers. Those were elite soldiers. They are like Dubai police. I remember the first time I saw Dubai police cars. I was telling first lady, I said, "What a lock, Daniel? That's a police car. Why you see G Wago police car? How do you bribe such a person? Is it fifty dirham you want to give him or hundred? He will buy you. The car itself can buy you. Ferrari police car. Those were the kind of soldiers, right? That the Roman soldiers were." So they were not broke, broke, they were not broke, busted, and disgusted soldiers looking for clothes to wear. These were the soldiers of the most powerful empire. And they said, you know what? Let's cast a lot and decide who's going to take these garments. And yet, that was the most anointed and powerful being that ever walked the face of the earth. So let's just define Tush. Let's just define it. You can't say you're Tush and you can't cast out a demon. Somebody has ordinary headache. They say, come and pray. They say, ah, no, me, I'm not a pastor. Is that what Jesus said? He said, this sign shall follow those that believe in me. He didn't say, this sign shall follow pastors. He says, they will cast out devils. They will speak with new tongues. If you are speaking in tongues and you are not a pastor, it means you can cast out devils. Believe it! You know the reason why you are afraid to attempt certain things? You too, you know at a subconscious level, your power can match it. Because we are all spirits. There are things you can easily, you know, instinctively know, even without anybody telling you. You know. That's why some of us are afraid to attempt certain things. I just concluded conference, you know, in my own pastor's church. One of his mentors was, you know, talking about one of their members, who is a legal practitioner, a maritime lawyer, I think that's what they call them. Very successful man, very wealthy. And he told his pastor, Reverend Victor, he said... He said, I have not gotten there. He said, I just need one more deal and I'm done. So I said, what kind of deal is that? He said, I need two sheep to collide at sea. And they will bring the brief to me. He said, as a lawyer, if you don't do something like that, you are made for life. Nobody needs to die. They don't, it's just collide. <laughs> so what kind of desire is this one? So his pastor agreed with him. Guess what? It happened. Because some people can pray empty prayer, but some people, when they pray, even heaven stamps it. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying? It's power. Do you know what it means to have power? It's simply, the Bible says something about Jacob. He said, you have power with God, and you have power with men, and you have prevailed. Not just power with men, but power with God, such that when you say something, everything responds. That's what is called power. That's what is called power. It's not pushing people up and down. You know, and chairs are breaking. That's not the ultimate of power. That's a dimension of power. But if you can't effect any change beyond the four walls of the church, your power is limited. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Ah, it is. It is. Because the real place where power is needed is out there, not here. So some of the things that provoke power or the power, sorry, power that provokes a breakthrough comes through revelation knowledge. 
Number two, we said it comes through submission. Number three, it comes through faith. Right? It comes through what? Prayer. Okay, I didn't mention faith. Okay, I think that was one of the ones I skipped. Prayer. Number next, it comes through, through fasting. Fasting, fasting. You've got to be given to fasting. I saw the life of the young prophet. The man who lost his life because he couldn't control his appetite. You've got to listen to yesterday's message. You need to listen to it. You need to listen to it. Only God knows how many things people have lost because they can't miss a meal. Only God knows. Only God knows. Only God knows. Only God knows the opportunities many people have lost. Only God knows the breakthroughs people have lost. Only God knows the opportunities, the doors that have remained closed because we have refused to fast. Because you have refused to fast. And your fasting shouldn't be limited to corporate fasting. I hear what I'm saying? There are times the Spirit of God will just prompt you fast today. You don't need to be asking why. I think I taught us sometimes last year that when God is telling you something, you are not supposed to find out why He's telling you not to do that thing. To find out is already late. You may not survive it. So God is saying, don't go to Okitipupa. He said, God, why? I don't know. Is that a place? Because you laughed. <laughs> what happened to <laughs> you? have a history with Okitipupa. <laughs> Maybe I'm speaking prophetically. <laughs> right? He said, no, God, why? You end up going to Kitubuwa. You were not supposed to find out why. Do you understand? When God told Noah, um, sorry, what's this guy's name? Jonah. Go to this place and he went somewhere else. He was not supposed to find out. It was by the message of God that he didn't lose his life. What is supposed to find out? Sometimes the message of God will speak, but understand that we live in a legal system, a legal world. Sometimes the adversary, that's why the Bible calls the devil an adversary, the accuser of the brethren. It's a legal term. Sometimes the devil will stand before God and say, God, you will not allow this to happen because he disobeyed you. Disobeyed you. Remember what happened to Job. Job chapter 3 and verse 25. Job himself came to that realization. Because God had built a protective edge around about him and everything he had. But Job was not seeing it. He was constantly living in the devil's territory. Called fear. And Job said, you know what? God, you have built a protective wall around him. But he's not seeing it. And God said, well, you have the right to do whatever you got to do. But don't touch his life. God wasn't playing dice with Job's life. No. Job opened the door to the devil. And the Bible says, he that breaks the hedge, a serpent will bite. Whether it is somebody that breaks the hedge or you break the hedge. We live in a legal system. That's why he told us that these pillars, they are laws, they are principles. They govern our world. When you put it to work, it's going to work. It's going to work. It's going to work. So if we're going to step into power that will produce breakthrough, you must be given to prayer. You must be given to fasting. Hmm. You must be given to a life of consecration. A life of consecration. Somebody say consecration. Oh, can you shout it loud? Let me hear you. Consecration. I know I spoke about sacrifice yesterday, but let me start out by talking about consecration. Mm. Consecration is one thing we no longer hear anymore in today's church. So sad. So sad. So sad. It's a life of convenience. It's a life of comfort. Nowadays, see, your level of consecration determines your level of lifting. Because God does not throw people up. God lifts people up. 
I don't want to go into explaining all that tonight. <laughs> when God was going to use something, before he even showed up, the Bible says an angel of the Lord appeared to his mother and gave her strict instructions. This child you are about to give birth to is going to walk in so much power that he's going to be the deliverer of Israel. And if he's going to step into the fullness of his destiny, there are certain things that even you as the mother, you have to stop doing. You just have to stop. So you have to stop drinking wine, taking strong drink. He said that when the baby shows up, he says you must not, but no razor must touch his head. He said, what's the big deal? Can a big deal? Can a big deal? Be singing. It's not about what's the big deal. It's about the destiny. It's about consecration. Because you know the thing about consecration. It's not the difference between right and wrong. It's about good, better, and best. It's about what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God for your life. So for instance, we may be friends. God may accept that you do certain things. But because of the destiny and the calling in has on my own life, he will not accept it. That's consecration. So there are certain things you say, you know what? From this day forward, I will not do. Not because that thing is a sin. In fact, let me tell you, this consecration really is not even about sin. It's about you stopping certain things as a form of, you know, sacrifice that God, because of this destiny that you have, you know, placed, or this power you want to place on my life, or this thing you are entrusting me with, I'm not going to do this anymore. Even if I'm going to do it, maybe I've been doing it seven times a week, I'm going to reduce it to once a week, twice a week. It's consecration. It's about consecration. They told them that he must not touch any dead thing. All the instruction was given to his parent. He must not touch any death thing. He mustn't do this. And of the truth, Samson came. And he was walking in strange power. Power that could not be explained. You know, when you watch or read all this, my book of Christian stories, the drawing, you see the picture of Samson. He was a muscular person. He's a lie. That was not how Samson looked. I can assure you, who is a slim and lanky person here? Where's bro? Yes, he's not here. I can assure you that most likely something looked like that. You know why? Because if he was muscular and he had the biceps, they won't have to be asking what's the source of your power. It means when you look at him, he doesn't look like somebody that is powerful. He didn't look like it. Because if he looked like it, you won't have to be asking. If you see someone that is huge here now, you won't have the source of your power. We can see now. You are Jimmy. You have muscles. You can carry anybody and throw anybody away. But they kept asking, what's the source of your power? The source of the power was the consecration. But you know what? God kept allowing him. You see, the thing about God is when he's giving you a long rope. That's why people are preaching all these nonsense grace messages nowadays. You can do anything. Grace covers. No. God's giving you a long rope. He's not a sign of stupidity. Or that he doesn't mind. Huh? It's giving it's just like talk of war. Huh? When we are pulling and pulling, eventually, I was telling them at the last hangout. <laughs> I said if I was one of the teams, they would have won. You know why? It's a strategy. It's a simple strategy. I practiced it all my life when I was doing sports. You let them pull, pull, pull. You just release the rope. All of them will fall. As simple as Once they fall, you just pull back. I've won. It's as simple as that. <laughs> I've given you a spoon now. <laughs> so when God is giving you the long rope, you are saying grace, grace, grace. The day will release you like this. That was what happened to Samson. While Delilah was still on his lap, or he was the one on Delilah's lap, 
So what's the source of your power? He said, if you tie me with this, God was still saying, Samson, Samson. How many times did I call him? God, doesn't matter. Can a big deal. He did it the first time. Second time. Third time. At the fourth time, God just said, no problem. The Bible says they removed his eyes. They removed his eyes. It now became a spectacle of amusement. A man that carried so much power. Friends, there is a dimension we will not step into if we don't understand consecration. Let me tell you. You know why? If you don't understand consecration, when God entrusts you with certain things, you will misbehave. Because consecration places you, you see, in a space where you know that this thing is not about me. It's a trust. People who don't understand consecration, <laughs> they always misbehave. They misbehave. I want to show you something about a family called the Rechabites. Jeremiah chapter 35. Jeremiah chapter 35, we'll read verse 3 to 6, then we'll read verse 8. Jeremiah chapter 30, sorry, 35. Jeremiah 35, verse 3 to 6, then we'll read verse 8. Are we ready? Everybody's going to read this together. Is that okay? Are we ready? Want to go? Then I took Jezaniah, the son of Jeremiah, the son of Abazina, and his brethren, and all his sons, and the whole house of Rechabites, and I brought them into the house of the Lord, into the chamber of the sons of Hanan, the son of Idaliah, a man of God, which was by the chamber of the princes, which was above the chamber of Messiah, the son of Shalom, the keeper of the door. And I said before the sons of the house of the Rechabites, pots full of wine and cups. And I said unto them, drink ye wine. But they said, we will drink no wine. For Jonadab, the son of Rechab, our father, commanded us, saying, Ye shall drink no wine, neither you nor your sons. For how long? Go to verse 8. Thus, we have obeyed the voice of Jonadab, the son of Rechab, our father, in all that he had charged us to drink no wine all our days, we, our wives, our sons, nor our daughters. Who gave them the commandment? It's not their father. Their grandfather. Most likely that man was even dead. But it was a consecration for their lineage. Say, a pot of wine. Just take it. It's free. You don't have to pay. He said, no. There is a decision our grandfather made. And our father kept it. And we have also kept it until now. And we also keep it forever. You know why certain things leave certain lineage? Somebody breaks consecration. Let me tell you this. The same way it works. Remember the devil does not create anything. He only perverts things. It's the same way it works in the demonic realm. Somebody has been in the occultic world. When you want to leave or transition. Or while you are even still alive. You donate your daughter to join. Somebody now becomes born again. And knows nothing. You now realize that somebody is beginning to have a dream. Why? Because we have broken a particular commitment. Because everything God does is transgenerational. Everything the devil also wants to do is transgenerational. Am I making sense tonight? That's why people don't walk in power. The power required to experience certain breakthroughs. That's why I said, you see, in this house we are raising men and women of significance. When we're talking about breakthrough, we're not talking about survival. Anybody can survive. You don't need God to survive. In that sense. Do you understand what I'm saying? 
We're not talking about survival. We're talking about men and women that will influence nations, influence policies, influence people's lives. Men and women that will make their mark on the earth. Not men and women living for what to eat, what to drink. Because Jesus said, that's not what to live for. So why are you taking thought for what to eat, what to drink, what to put on? Because let me tell you this. There is a level you get to you become comfortable. You have everything. The question is, how many clothes can you wear in a day? If that's all you are living for, you lose motivation for life. How many shoes can you wear in a day? How many rooms can you sleep in? How many cars can you drive? So your life has to be bigger than that. That's why you see that people have to keep chasing things. Now, a better version. A newer version. Why? Because they have lost sense of purpose. Life is more than that. Hmm. See, you can't live like everybody. Huh? And expect to see what everyone is not seeing. If you are living like everybody, you will get the result everybody is getting. It's as simple as that. It's as simple as that. See, if you are among friends or you are among some people, and this applies to everyone, and you realize that all of a sudden somebody just shoots out. Somebody begins to experience a different dimension of results. Go and find out. That person has started doing something that all of you are not doing. It's as simple as that. Something has been altered. They've changed something in their life. And if you don't know, everyone just say, ah, he's my friend. And you'll be sharing their testimony. You have no ah, he's my party. Remini, we are friends. We grew up together. Of us, your parents have seen people on TV. They say we were in class together. Why is it there and that you are here? Most likely, what the parents are saying is true, but the person did something that they did not do that created that difference. And the thing is, the power of consecration and its effect does not show immediately. With everything that changes, remember I said, I think last week, that. The greatest things that will change your life does not happen overnight. It happens over time. It's subliminal. It's subliminal. So when people's life are changing, it's not always sudden. It's always gradual. That separation just begins to happen. It begins to happen. It begins to happen. Until the, the gap becomes so wide. Hallelujah. And also sacrifice produces power that culminates in breakthrough. And the sacrifice that culminates in power is the, see, essential, because there are different types of sacrifice. There's a sacrifice of pleasure. <laughs> There's a sacrifice of time. There's a sacrifice of expertise. There's a sacrifice of time, you see. <laughs> you can't be a believer and you don't use your time to serve God. Your time is not involved in anything of God. No, something is wrong somewhere. I don't care how busy you are. When you have that, you know, time off, God must know that. Do you understand what I'm saying? Everything we do on earth must have eternal significance. You know, it's always amazing how, as a man, you marry a woman. Hmm? You trusted God for a good wife. You prayed all your life, God, give me a godly woman, a good wife. Now, you marry that woman. The day she now tells you that she feels God tells her to pray and to fast, that's the day you now tell her to be cooking your favorite meal. And you see, you are a stumbling block. You trust God for a car. It's now the time of service. You remember you need to take the car to car wash. I don't know. The motor you do to me, let's drive it by. 
Wow. Amazing. Is that this because you have a car to drive? That's why you know something is dirty. If your leg is dirty, you won't notice. Well, you will get to church with that leg. You know, it's amazing how God can lift us and we use those same lifting to give him excuses. So the sacrifice of time, the sacrifice of pleasure, the sacrifice of comfort and convenience. You see that in Proverbs 6 verse 10 to 11. It says, yet a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep. It says, so shall your poverty come as one that travels and your want as an armed man. So it simply means if you're always giving to convenience, every little thing, always resting, resting, sleeping, sleeping, sleeping. God worked for six days and he rested for one day. Not the other way around. Today, people want to work for one day and sleep for six days. It's a soft life. Number next is the breakthrough pillar of praise. The breakthrough pillar of praise. You must be given to gratitude this year. Friends, can you hear me? You have to be given to gratitude. A life of gratitude. A, gratitude must be your lifestyle. Hmm. Gratitude must be your lifestyle. Before you complain, thank God. You see, do you know it's even a miracle that you have something to complain about? <laughs> Let the people praise you. Psalm 67, I think verse 5 and 6. He says, let the people praise you, O God. Let all the people praise you. He says, then the earth will yield our increase. And the Lord, our God, will bless us. So it simply means there is a dimension of blessing you will never experience if you have not given to a lifestyle of praise. And praise is not limited to what you do in church. Praise must be your lifestyle. Something happens. When things don't go your way, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. It's close to your mouth. Not everything. Always complaining, complaining, complaining. You are, see, every time you complain, you are sounding like a house fly to the ears of God. When you are trying to sleep and you are... What do you do? What to kill the thing like... I need my silence. Many of us, that's how we are to God. That's why... And you think I'm just giving an analogy that, analogy that doesn't make sense. The Bible says they murmured against God. And they all perished in the desert. That God swore that they would not make it into the promised land. Why? Because they were complaining. They were complaining. Only God knows how many times some of us have complained this year. This year. This year. There is something. See, this year we are going to we are going to praise our heavens open. As a church, we are going to praise like never before. It's not prayer, it's structure. We are going to structure praise. <laughs> oh. One of the instructions God gave to me yesterday, I think it's okay to say it, uh, I'll mention it again on Sunday. Immediately after the breakthrough festival, he said for the next seven Sundays, we should praise him. Next seven Sundays. Next seven Sundays. So immediately the Sunday after breakthrough festival is going to be seven Sundays of praise uproar. That was the that was how we came. Was just a praise uproar. I went to check the dictionary. I saw that uproar is noise. So if you don't like noise, we exempt you from service for the next seven Sundays after breakthrough service. 
Because one of the instructions he gave is after sessions of praise. That's why he said keep those expectation cards. So after praying for the, over the expectation card for 12 days, for the next seven weeks, we are going to be praising God for every of those expectations. Just watch and wait and see what will happen. And what God said, you know, so as I kept on praying, it kept becoming clearer. He said, how many days did the children of Israel walk around Jericho? I said seven days. He said, that's why you are doing it seven times. He said, by the end of the seventh week, whatever is a wall of Jericho is going to come down. Yeah. So let me tell you this. Praise is a weapon. It's a weapon. Praise is what you are engaging even when you don't feel like it. And after sessions of praise, we will now shout and make noise for seven minutes. We will time it. Because it's a prophetic thing. We shout. So if you don't like shout, if you're always nervous, you better bring earplugs. Because I'm sure the children of Israel, some of them too will not like the shout. But I mean, Joshua, what's all this noise? That's what God said we should do. And if we see precedence in scripture, if it's work then, it can work now. It can work now. Nothing is going to defy your prayers, but whatever defies prayer cannot defy praise. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Can we have that scripture? I think we need to see it. Psalm 67, 5 to 7. Psalm 67, 5 to 7. Can we read together once to go? Let the people praise you, oh God. Let how many people? Most of the people. Are children part of people? Aha. So when he says all, even the children will be involved. He says, let all the people praise you. Go to the next verse. He says, what's the first word? Then. What does that mean? It means what he's about to say is dependent on what he just said. He says, then shall the earth yield their increase. It means if you don't praise... There is no increase. There are some increases. There is a dimension of breakthrough that if you are not given to praise, it will never happen. It will never happen. Kenneth Copeland was in Canaan land a couple of years ago. And he was asking Bishop Oedepo, he said, ah, you said I'm your mentor. And we taught you faith. He said, even we that taught you faith, we don't see this in America. He said, how can a church be in this bush and hundreds of thousands of people are coming there every week? What did you do differently? Which faith is this one? Bishop replied him. He said, before we moved here, I danced everybody here. Not I fasted them here. I danced them here. Praise doesn't make sense. Let me tell you this. When you have tried everything and it doesn't work, start praising God. Start praising God. It's a breakthrough pillar. It always works. That's why I said these things, you can literally build your life and destiny over it. If family things are not working all the day, every day you are just complaining, husband and wife. In fact, we don't even wonder ah, this thing now, this contract it has not fallen through. Your... Okay, your complaint has it changed anything? That's the time to turn your family devotion into praise devotion. And everybody raise one song. Everybody, you raise one song. We sing it five minutes. You raise your after the song, go and sleep. You'll be shocked. I've been praying. I've been praying. God's ears is not deaf. Start thanking him in faith. Because praises is even a demonstration of faith. You have not done it, but I know you will do it. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying? Somebody literally needs to praise their heaven open this year. Somebody needs to praise their business open. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Oh, praise it open. Oh, praise it open. Oh, praise it open. Father, I have not seen it, but I know you will do it. I know you will do it. So get ready for a time of praise like never before. Get ready. 
Psalms 149 and verse 3. For those who don't understand why we dance in church and why we don't caution people why they are dancing. Psalms 149. That's your answer. Verse 3. Psalms 149. What does it say? Let's read out loud together. Want to go? Let them praise his name in what? So even sometimes when you don't even know what to say with your mouth, just be dancing. And you don't need drum sets because in your house there is no drum set. That's why what Pastor Sumbo told us to do on Saturday is very prophetic. See, when is the time of praise? It's not just about the body. I'm showing down steps. I can do the latest dance step. No. He says, let them praise him, his name in a dance. Let them sing praises unto him with the tremble and the harp. So if you can't use up, you don't know how to use equipment. You use your mouth. If you don't have a singing voice, use your leg. You can dance. At least you can do one of the three. If you can't praise him in a dance, you should be able to praise him in a song. If you can't praise him in a song, praise him with an instrument. At least everybody can praise him with a dance. And your dance does not have to match the music. Just move. Just move. Next is the breakthrough pillar of precision. The breakthrough pillar of precision. Precision is a byproduct of direction. I hear what I'm saying tonight. Precision is a byproduct of direction. Direction, direction, direction. Nobody experiences a breakthrough sustainably without being precise. There must be accuracy in your decisions. Just realize you're doing the right thing. That was what happened to Isaac. Let me tell us something, you see. Breakthroughs are places sensitive. Please write that down. Breakthroughs are place sensitive. Breakthroughs are place sensitive. Place sensitive. And when we're talking about places, remember I spoke about that the first night. We're talking about places, we're talking about geographical place and occupational place. You must know your own place. You, must, you can't break through everywhere. God has not ordained your breakthrough to be everywhere. But there is a place that when you step into it, you see, you're not supposed to run after goodness and mercy. He says, goodness and mercy shall follow you, not you running after it. And they will only follow you when you are in your place. But how do you get to your place if there is no precision? A classic example is a transistor radio. For those of us that still remember the transistor radio, or you have a radio in your car, you know that sometimes when you want to tune to a particular radio station, you can hear the radio station, but it's not yet clear. It's not precise. You can hear it, but with some little bit of tuning, it becomes clearer. That's the same way when it comes to precision. Let me tell you this. There are many things you may be doing. It's in line with God's will for your life, but what you say, it is not in perfect alignment. There is no precision yet. There's no precision. There's no precision. There's no precision. I remember when the Gateway Church started. I'll never forget. Uh, I've told us a story for those of us that have been in church for a while. So the Sunday morning, I was going to church. A location then where we were. And I had very clearly, God spoke to me in the voice of one of the mentors. Said, you are in the wrong place. Ah. That day, if not because I, that day, I almost did not go for service. I almost called them that, you are in the wrong place, oh you people. <laughs> In the wrong place. God said we are in the wrong place. That was the last service we had here. We didn't finish rent there. God said you are in the wrong place. What do you want to do in the wrong So how can the one that called you tell you you are in the wrong place? How will he back you? I will never forget. You are in the wrong place. Ah. 
I went into the time of prayer and it was extended. Okay, if we're in the wrong place, where is the right place? So God can tell you to do something, but you are doing the right thing in the wrong place. It will still not work. Because it's about precision. You must get it right. That fine-tuning must be there. When you are eventually in your place, it is in the place where you are supposed to be that everything comes to you. That's why Noah didn't have to go after the animals. Where he was, everything came to him. Why? Because it was in the right place. There was precision. Oh, in this year 2024, may you experience precision. In the name of Jesus. May you be in the right place at the right time. May the devil not move you out of your place. In the name of Jesus. See, a lot of people out of bandwagon effect have gotten out of their place. Some people, their place, they are supposed to be in business. And you know, for instance, as a pastor, let me give us a practical example. It's one thing for God to also call you into ministry. It's another thing for you to also get right the message you are supposed to be preaching. Because every church is not called to do everything. I thank God I understood that. You know, church members can put pastors under pressure. Pastors that are not... I don't understand these things. Pastor, I think we should be doing this. Pastor, I think we should be doing that. Pastor, I know what we are supposed to be doing as a church. <laughs> I've had conversations with people before. They say, Pastor, I think I'll tell them, see, I know church where they do it. I'm releasing you to go there. God didn't call me. You see, there are many things I know I can preach on. But it's not the emphasis of the gateway church. It's not my emphasis. It's not my emphasis. That's why on a Sunday morning we won't do deliverance. It's not my emphasis. You want deliverance. I can tell you where they will do deliverance for you. When you are done with the deliverance, you can come back for significance. Uh, do you understand? Uh, you, it's precision. I've seen people try to do so many things, so many things at the same time. At the end of the day, nothing will work. You now see stress. Do you see stress on your pastor? It's precision. Let me tell you this. I have been stressed before in my life. Oh, I understand stress. I understood frustration. <laughs> I, there was a time in my life I was an embodiment of frustration. That's why today, that's why I understand that thing perfectly. I would rather be very slow and be seeing God ahead. And you know, the people that have that problem a lot are smart and intelligent people. Because you have an idea about everything. Like we do this, we do this, we do this. So we are not even waiting to hear God. Oh, tell Lord. I just realized that you are just struggling. And God will say, come back. And start. That's not where you're supposed to be. Same thing happened to Isaac. I think we should see it. Genesis chapter 26. Genesis chapter 26. In spite of the promise and covenant God made with Abraham. If Isaac had missed it, that blessing. And you see, the thing is, it would have lifted over him. And continued with the next generation. Because even the covenant and the blessing is place sensitive. Go to verse 2, please. Okay, let's start from verse 1. Let's start from verse 1. The Bible says that there was famine in the land. Beside the first famine that was in the days of Abraham. Now, did you notice the Bible says there was famine in the days of Abraham? Okay, let's read out loud together. Let's keep going. And Isaac went unto Abimelech, king of the Philistines, unto Gerah. And the Lord appeared unto him and said, Go not down into Egypt. Dwell in the land which I shall tell thee of. So John in this land. And I will be with you. And I will bless you. For unto you and unto your seed, I will give all these countries. And I will perform the oath which I swore unto Abraham your father. Now go to verse 12 please. 
verse 12 to verse 14. Then Isaac sowed in that land. Which land? Which land? When it says that land, it's talking about a specific land. That's the land God says, I shall tell thee of. So Isaac didn't just sow anywhere. He sowed in the land God told him of. The Bible says, and Isaac sowed in that land. And what happened? He received in the same year an hundredfold. And the Lord blessed him. And the man did what? Waxed great. And did what? Went forward. And did what? One man. Three descriptions. And grew unto me what? And God is saying, this is not enough to describe him. Let's keep describing him. Keep going. For he did what? He had possessions of flocks and possession of herds and great store of servants. And the Philistines did what? Where did all that start from? He wanted to do what his father did. And God said, no, you are not going to go down to Egypt. Stay here. So the fact that there is famine in the land does not mean you should move. The fact that there is economic depression does not mean you change location. You don't move until God tells you to move. If you think you need to move, go into the place of prayers and find out. Many have relocated to UK. They are supposed to go to Canada. They know they are supposed to relocate, but they don't get precision. Relocate to where? Some are in Canada that are supposed to be in US. Some are in US that are supposed to be in New Zealand. Some are in New Zealand that are supposed to be in the Middle East. You see, these things, you don't use your brain. Somebody made you, and before he made you, he had a plan for you. He already planned out your life. You need to find out, what is your plan for my life? And you know, some of these things, they will come gradually. As you walk with God, it makes it clear to you. It makes it clearer. It makes it clearer. It makes it clearer. It makes it clearer. That's why, remember, I say, this year you must be given to prayer. Especially praying in tongues. Because most times the precision will come not even when you are looking for it. To just be in the place of prayers. Because here, Isaac did not pray. God, should I go? He just wanted to go. And because he was a covenant child, his father had a relationship with God and God showed up and said, you are not going there. Stay here. Everything you are going to do, do it here. And how do I know it was because he was in the right place? If you read the old context, because of time, that's why they make us read it. The Bible says the people envied him. Why? Because in the land, others were sowing. They were not getting that result. So the fact that somebody does something and they get results does not mean if you do it, you will get results. They may be in their place of precision. The question is, are you? Are you? Some people are so rich, the only thing they have is money. But some people are so poor, rather, the only thing they have is money. Because let me tell you this, you cannot use only money to judge God's plan for your life. No. Don't just believe because I have money. No, 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 no. Elkanah left Bethlehem. I showed us that a couple of days ago. Bethlehem is called land of bread. The reason why he also left was because there was famine. So it simply means you can't use external circumstances to dictate your decision. You can't. You can't. You can't judge by the sin of your eyes and the hearing of your ears. Guys, ladies, singles, please listen to me. You don't marry someone by looks. That look can change. In fact, most time it will change. You like her now because she's slim shady. Don't worry. But by the time she pops one and two out, mother of two, shape will change. 
Maybe because she's still single. She's not handling so many things yet. That's why he said, skin is skinning. Skin, I'm asking more in five years' time. You don't judge by that. You judge by destiny. I hear what I'm saying. Because some of us, the kind of things you're supposed to do with your life, there is only a kind of person that can marry you. Every Christian is not marriable. Not even every tongue-talking brother or sister. When you are going, there's somebody that can manage that. It takes precision. Marital breakthrough requires precision. Financial breakthrough requires precision. Everybody's putting their money. I've told us the story several times. He likes to hear it again or not. <laughs> he just got married, took family savings, coped my wife. I, ah, ah, I've discovered that we will break through in life. Why? Because a friend of mine did crypto. So why is it people doing crypto? And I say, you, you are just, we've done it. Crypto is not my place. He made it. Me, all the money. Thank God I married my wife. I the sinner did not miss a meal over it. You know, there are some women say, eh? We've lost the money, there's no food. Never made me feel bad about it. If I was the one feeling bad, I was not feeling bad, she was not feeling bad. What kind of woman is this? You know, some people they will not talk, their looks alone. They'll just be looking at you. They are look, they'll just be looking at you like a stupid man. No sense. It was that trust she had in me that I knew that no, I can't make this kind of mistake again. I can't. Precision. Precision. Precision in business. Precision in career. You don't choose jobs because it's the highest paying. You don't choose a school because it's expensive for children. It may be a school that's so excellent, well packaged and wrecked there. It may be that in that school, that's where they will meet the child of somebody that will influence them negatively and expose them to something. Precision. Precision. How do you experience precision? Number one, prioritize the word of God. Prioritize the word of God. The more time you spend in the word, the more precise your decisions become. Psalms 119 and verse 105. Psalms 119 and verse 105. It says, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. It simply means the more of God's word you have in you, the more there is light in every area of darkness. You are not confused. There is clarity. You always know what to do. That's why reading the Bible is not for quotation. You know, you want me impressing people. How many Bible can you quote? Have you read your Bible reading today? I say, yes, me, I can quote. It's not about that. See, the thing about reading the Bible is, just keep reading it. The day you will need it, it will come. You want to make a decision and you will just remember something you read. Even if you think I read it today, I didn't remember by evening. You think you don't remember. Your spirit man has absorbed it. Just keep reading. Because as you behold him continually, we become like him eventually. Second Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 18. Eventually you become like me. Just keep exposing yourself. You want to express precision? Precision in marriage? Precision in finance? Precision in any area of life? Keep exposing yourself to the truth of God's word. Prioritize the word of God. Number two. Prioritize the words of your pastor. Hmm. 
Jeremiah 3 verse 15 to 16. Let me tell you this. The Bible makes us to understand that God gave gifts unto men when he ascended. The gift he was talking about is not cars and all those things. Ephesians, I believe, chapter 5. He says the, the original translation simply means he gave men as gifts. Your pastor is God's gift to you. It's your gift. Your pastor is not just supposed to be someone that... I really don't want to go into this tonight. But let me tell you this. A pastor is a representative of God to you. There are certain things that will not happen in your life until God routes it through your pastor. Jeremiah 3, 15 to 16, please. I need us to see that scripture. That's why you can't be part of a church and your pastor does not know you. Or someone appointed by the pastor, the structure of leadership does not know you. you know, some people just say things like, I don't like this church thing, you know. I only do kingdom. Only near you are, you are a wolf. We can't trust you. But what's, what's kingdom? I said, I'm, I'm just a kingdom person. I'm not a church person. Wow. What did God say, Jeremiah 15 to 16? Can we read together? Want to go? And I will give you pastors according to what? My heart. Which shall do what? Feed you with knowledge and understanding. And it shall come to pass when you be multiplied and increase in the land. In those days, says the Lord, you shall say no more. The ark of the covenant of the Lord, neither, neither shall it come to mind. Neither shall they remember it. Neither shall they be seated. Neither shall they be done anymore. Right. Look at what it says. It says, it will give you pastors who will feed you with knowledge and understanding. It says, after then, what will happen? The consequence, right, is that you will increase, sorry, you will multiply and do what? Increase in the land. What are the indices of better days again? Multiplication, increase, fruitfulness, and what? How will the multiplication and increase come? By the knowledge and understanding you are being fed with by your pastor. That's why everybody can pastor you. Everybody can't. You must know your own pastor. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Oh, you don't know how excited I am about Sunday. And my pastor is coming. <laughs> oh, I'm excited not just for me, but for you. Just for you. Because I hear my own pastor every day. I've had him today. Let me tell you this. You can't get the best out of the pastor God has given you if you only hear him when you are in church. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The Holy Spirit will give you greater understanding. He says, I will give you pastors after my heart. They will feed you with knowledge and understanding. So, one of the things you will check uh, is if you are under the right pastor, is your knowledge and understanding level increasing? Not somebody just, just doing abracadabra all the time. Abracadabra, abracadabra. <laughs> the more you see, the less you understand. You don't understand. You don't know God for yourself. Number three, how do you express precision? Don't live a life of assumption. If you're going to express precision, don't live a life of assumption. Stop living a life of assumption. Stop making decisions without being sure. Always remember, in your dealings with God, it is better you are too slow than you are too fast. Stop living in assumption. See, when you are too slow, God has a way of making it up to you. But when you are too fast, you may end up in error, and there are some errors you don't recover from. 
When you are too slow, the Bible says God is able to restore the years. He's able to restore it. You see, in God, when you are walking with God, whatever you lose, God can restore. He can restore. But when you are always on the move, always moving, always moving, never live a life of assumption. You see, if you want to experience precision that culminates in a breakthrough, you must stop living by assumption. Assumption simply means you are not sure yet, but you take the step. You just wing it. You keep winging everything. 1 Samuel 23, verse 10 to 13. Classic example, 1 Samuel 13, verse 10. Sorry, 23. 1 Samuel 23, verse 10 to verse 13. 1 Samuel chapter 23, verse 10 to verse 13. The background story is that David had just de- delivered the men, right, um, of Kila from their enemies because he had soldiers, men that were working with him. Then he had that Saul was coming because Saul knew he was in Kila. And Saul wanted to kill him. Let's read together one to go. Then said David, O Lord God of Israel, thy servant has suddenly heard that Saul seeketh to come to Kila to destroy the city for my sake. Will the men of Kila deliver me up into his hand? Will Saul come down as thy servant has heard? O Lord God of Israel, I beseech thee, tell thy servant. And the Lord said, He will come down. Verse 12. Then said David, Will the men of Kila deliver me and my men into the hand of Saul? And the Lord said, They will deliver thee up. Verse 13, Then David and his men, which were about 600, arose and departed out of Kila, and went whithersoever they could go. And it was told Saul that David was escaped from Kila, and he forbade to go forth. Do you see that? If you were the one, most likely you will not ask. You know why? You say, I want good turn this house another now. I just hope these people, they should help me. Really? That does not work that way. Life does not work that way. Life does not work that way. Sometimes the most trusted people, in a split second, the devil can enter them and use them against you. So you must never assume anything. Never assume anything. Never assume anything. If you want to enjoy precision, never assume anything. Even if you've done something before, David is the only king that was recorded that he never lost any battle. You know why? He prioritized precision. He never assumed anything. Every time he would always ask God, God, should I go? Even when the two kidnapped his family, a responsible man should you still be praying? Yes. Someone else would have said, as a responsible man, what are you doing praying? Go and get your family. Because you may have lost your wife before you lose your own life too. You better pray. The Bible says David asks, God, should I pursue? God said, pursue. Will I overtake? You see how David always asks the same question in different ways. God is so coming down. God said he's coming down. He asked again, because one thing for Saul to come is another thing. Will they deliver me? He said, Yes. Oga, he told these guys, You, you can still, me, I'm going. So the Bible says he had 600 men. These were not 600 ordinary men, these were fighters. But here he didn't say, Ah, you still remember how to use your sword, Abby. I asked all his coming. I'm a Japan being. I'm going to fight. We fight to finish. He asked God, Will they deliver me? God said, Yes. Oga, let's go. We may never have asked if it were us. Ah, what is it? Ah. In fact, you go and meet their president. Uncle President. Remember, I just helped you. Say, ah, we remember. He will be the one to plot your demise. Say, he's in that corner where he is. <laughs> this is security detail. By this time, they will change security. That's the time you enter. Precision. May you experience precision this year. This year, there will be no error. In the next 60 seconds, please pray against the spirit of error. 
as I was coming to church this morning, I had that in my spirit. Pray against the spirit of error. That this year, there will be no error in my decisions. Somebody pray, somebody pray, somebody pray. Some people are always making wrong decisions. Moving from one error to the other, error to error, error to error. It is impossible to experience a sustainable breakthrough if you are always making wrong decisions. Father, in this year 2024, deliver me from the spirit of error. Oh, deliver me from the spirit of error. It is not right, it's an anathema for a believer to keep making mistakes after mistakes. Mistakes after mistake. It's not right. Deliver me from errors, oh God. Deliver me. Deliver me, oh God. In Jesus' name we pray. Last but not the least, I'll continue from there tomorrow. Is the breakthrough pillar of knowledge. The breakthrough pillar of knowledge. Hosea 4 and verse 6. God said, my people are destroyed because they lack knowledge. He said, because you have despised and rejected knowledge, I also will reject you that you will no longer be priest to me, seeing that you have forgotten the law of your God, and I will also forget your children. So your ignorance will not just affect you, it will even affect your children. You know, there was a time that Christians were described in a particular way. And Jews, the description, you can check online, it's there. There was a time that Christians and Jews were described as people of the book. People of the book. By Muslims. People of the book. People of the book. Do you know how we have books to date? Books came from Christianity. How do we have industrial printing press? Because they wanted to print the Bible and mass produce it. That's how we have printing press today. That's how it was invented. How did Apostle Paul stand out among all the apostles? How did they break forth among the apostles? He didn't see Jesus. He didn't walk with Jesus on the earth. Peter should have done what Paul did. Or John the beloved. These guys were closer to Jesus. What was the difference? Knowledge. Knowledge. It was only Paul that we knew. That had books. He was in prison. He was still sending for books. Sending for books. Sending for books. When I discovered this as an undergraduate, <laughs> anytime, maybe any of my cousins or anybody will come to Nigeria, some of my friends that traveled out, the only thing I would always ask them to send were books. Books that I know I won't see in Nigeria. Just get me a book. Send me. I'll send them the title of the books. Send books. When people will be asking for shoes and clothes. See, let me tell you this. Your value is not in what you wear. You are the one that had value to what you wear. What I'm wearing now, you don't know the amount. So all this you want to impress people. You are the only one. You are the only one depressing yourself. You don't know the amount of my shoe. You don't know maybe it's two thousand. You don't know maybe it's five thousand. You don't know maybe it's five thousand dollars. You don't know because that does not add value to you. But let me tell you this: if I invest in my mental capacity, my value will become evident. You think it's possible for a man to preach for 12 days without having a strong knowledge base and you are blessed every day? You think it's possible to be a pastor and be preaching every Sunday, every Wednesday and not be saying nonsense? It's not just anointing. It's a pursuit of knowledge. Rise up on your feet tonight. This year you must go after knowledge. You must go after knowledge. Jesus would have been tripped up by the devil if he was not given to knowledge. 
How did I know Jesus was given to knowledge? Because when the devil came to tempt him in Matthew chapter 4, what did Jesus say? It is written. How can you know what is written if you did not read it? You can never experience some dimensions of breakthroughs in life, in the marketplace, most especially if you are not knowledgeable. That's why as a church, we have a book of the month and we are resuming it this year. We're resuming it this year. We're resuming it this year. There is nothing like I'm not the reading type. Everybody is the reading type. Because there is no such thing as a gift of knowledge. There is only a discipline of study. Anybody that knows, they pay the price to know. Job became the wealthiest man in the East. The Bible tells us. How? The Bible also tells us in Job. I'll show us tomorrow. He says, what you know, I know. I'm not inferior to you. He knew something. It was knowledge. So our book for the month of January is how to be led by the Spirit of God. We read it every January. We've been doing that for like five years now. Every January. How to be. Because you say, you will live a wasted year if there's no precision. And if you are not being led by the Spirit of God, you will be doing things that looks like it. You will be getting there, but the frequency will not be aligned. There will be no alignment, no precision. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Come on. Oh, everybody pray in the Spirit. Oh, Hold the hands of the person standing next to you and pray in the Holy Ghost tonight. Come on. Remember when we're praying the Spirit, we are making progress. Jude 20. It says continually progressing. Praying in the Holy Ghost. By holding that person stand, what you're doing is you are strengthening each other. You are strengthening that person. You are feeding each other strength. Oh, peko te paka patele tota. Ripiedo te fotati. Melodosh ke paron de kidosia. Malon de kaparo de shadadadadie. Zero do 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 di andela paka paya. Lebendo lo supredia. Shege de gede bonta hala pande borosia. Lefridosh. Mente kopaya. Lebada bada bada badon de hini anto kapara. Lekadote inamintos kapaya. Ratatatataye godale manto. Borodosh alamande. Let it flow. Let it flow. Let it flow tonight. Let it flow. Go hold back. Go hold back. Let it flow. Pray. Jesus name we have prayed Amen Friends let me tell you this Progress begins first in the spirit Before it manifests in the natural Did you hear what I just said? Progress begins first in the spirit Before it manifests in the physical can we have that scripture again? That's not the prayer, but I want us to see. Jude 20, Amplified Version. Jude 20. I showed us yesterday for those that were not around. I want us to see it again. Jude 20, Amplified Version. Can you go there, please? If you can, I would appreciate that. Jude 20. Can we read together one to go? But you, beloved, build yourselves up on the foundation of your most holy faith. Continually do what? Progress. Progress. Rise like an edifice. Higher and higher. And how do you do that? Pray in the Holy Ghost. So this year, if you want to rise higher, 
you want to continually make progress. You want to gain mileage. What should you do? Pray in the Holy Ghost. In the Holy Ghost. Make it habitual. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Make it habitual. See, it's not an option. The Bible has just told us the secret. That's where it starts from. See, guys, listen. Let me tell you something. Most, not even most, all the instruction that has moved my life forward, moved this church forward, it always comes in the place of praying in tongues. Always. And it always comes when I'm not praying for it. That God, you see, let me tell you this. I learned something years ago from Gloria Copeland. He said, you can so come to a place of maturity in your walk with God, that you don't have to be asking for God's will. He said, if you are in sync with God, He will always reveal His will to you when you need to know His will. You have to have, say, God, what is your will? Reveal it to me. Just keep living your life. Do what you are supposed to be doing. When you need to know certain things, He will just reveal it. You just, you will just always know what to do per time. All this idea of God, I don't want to make mistake, oh, I don't want to make error. Leave that. Just be doing what you are supposed to be doing. One of the things you must do every single day is praying in tongues. Every day. You are going to work, you are driving, praying in tongues. You don't have a car yet, you are at the bus stop, you are waiting for a bus, praying in tongues. You are in transit, praying in tongues. You can even get things that will help you, inspire you, stir you up. There are songs you can get. The prayers for this breakthrough festival, get it. Thank God for technology. Major the prayers and just be praying it. A spirit of prayer will fall on you. It's not possible. That you will be hearing prayers back to back and you will not feel like praying. Amos chapter 7 and verse 5. The spirit of God stirred up this prayer in my heart again. We prayed it sometimes last year for a while. And the spirit of God is saying we should pray it again. He says, and said I, O Lord God, cease, I beseech thee. By whom shall Jacob arise? For ye small. For ye small. We're going to pray. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus. Father, in the name of Jesus. Cause every form. Cause every form. And manifestation. And manifestation. Of smallness. Of smallness. To come to an end. To come to an end. In my life. In my life. By your grace. By your grace. Cause me to rise. Cause me to rise. In this year, 2024. In this year. Father, in the name of Jesus. Father, in the name of Jesus. Cause every form. And manifestation. Of smallness. Come to an end. In my life. In my life. In my walk. In my In my family. In my finances. By your, by your grace, cause me to rise in this year 2024. Lift up your voices and turn that into prayers. Father, in the name of Jesus, oh, cause every form and manifestation of smallness come to an end in my life. Every form and manifestation of smallness has come to an end in my life, in my work, in my family, in my finances, in my marriage, in my ministry. I decree and I declare every form of Smallness has come to an end by the grace of God. I rise this year. I rise out of smallness. I rise out of obscurity. I rise out of limitation. I rise out of stagnation. I rise out of every form of backwardness. In the name of Jesus. Because every form and manifestation of smallness to come to an end in my life. By your grace, 
grace, cause me to rise this year. By your grace, cause me to rise in this year 2024. In the name of Jesus, no more smallness. My business will not be smaller. Members of the Gateway Church will not be smaller. Our businesses will not be small. Our families will not be smaller. All our finances will not be small. In the name of Jesus, we break every stronghold of smallness. In the name of Jesus, this year we rise. We rise out of smallness. In the name of Jesus. We rise out of smallness. In the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let your amen sound like thunder. Amen. Matthew 15 and verse 13. Matthew chapter 15 and verse 13. The Bible says, Jesus replied, Every plant which my heavenly father has not planted shall be rooted up. The Passion Translation. Go to the Passion Translation, please. Go to Passion Translation. If you can. Jesus replied, Every plant that my heavenly father didn't plant is destined to be what? Uh, destined to be uprooted. It cannot stay planted. It has to be uprooted. The prayer is they say, Father, in the name of Jesus. Father, in the name of let Jesus. Let everything. Let everything. The enemy has planted. The enemy has planted. In my life. In my life. Family. Family. Health. health and destiny. And destiny. That you did not authorize. That you not be uprooted. Be uprooted. Right now. Right now. Whether it was planted. Whether it was in the daytime. Or in my dream. Or in my dream. At night. At night. Let it be uprooted. Let it be uprooted. Right now. Right now. In the name of in Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Let me explain something to you. How many of us have had stories of people that maybe prayed there was a prophetic action or something and they vomited certain things? Vomited sleeves, for strange things. Do you think when that thing was entering them, uh, will you see lizard and swallow lizard? Uh, that's what is called dematerialize to materialize. They took it as something else. When it entered, it became something else. Haven't you seen people that sleep? Huh? They were beaten in the sleep and they woke up and saw marks on their body. Or people that had the dream that something happened to them and in reality they woke up with medical conditions. Those are plantings of the enemy. Please take this prayer seriously. The Bible says, Jesus was speaking to his disciples. He says that a particular man planted stuffs. And his disciples got there and they, the, the people got there, the vine keepers, and they saw tears and they went back to the master. He said, Did you plant wheat? How come we are seeing tears? He said that an enemy has done this. So even Jesus acknowledged that sometimes the enemy plants things. That's why he said, whatever my father has not planted is destined to be uprooted. Don't be too psychedelic that you ignore spiritual realities. We're going to lift up our voices. We're going to say, Father, in the name of Jesus. Father, in the name of Jesus. See, let me tell you this. It's not only things the enemy plants. Sometimes it plants people. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And those people can be the nicest to you. Yes. The nicest. You need help. They are there. I was listening to one of my mentors earlier today. Someone who just got to Abuja. One day, his car broke down. And this guy showed up. He's <laughs> a pastor. Bob. Every time he's in trouble, the guy will always show up. Not knowing he's the cause of the trouble. He said his wife would always tell him, this guy, will be careful with him. He said, what do you know? God has given me a power of destiny. I said, I should be careful. He said, when God opened his eyes, when things began to unravel, 
when the devil plants people in your life, they will not be evil towards you. They will be nice. Because it's a planting. When spies go to nations, do they behave like spies? No. The devil also has spies. Please take this prayer seriously. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus. Father, in the name of Jesus. Let everything. Let everything. And everyone. And everyone. The enemy has planted. The enemy has planted. In my life. In my life. In my family. In my family. In my health. In my health. And destiny. And destiny. That you did not authorize. Be uprooted. Be uprooted. Right now. Right now. Whether I just planted. In the daytime. In the daytime. Or in my dream. Or in my dream. At night. At night. Let it be uprooted. Let it be uprooted. Right now. 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 Everything and everyone, everyone, planted in my life, in my family, in my family, in my business, in my destiny, in my life. That you did not authorize, that did not arise. Let them be uprooted right now. Let them be uprooted in the name of Jesus. Let them be uprooted in the name of Jesus. Everything the enemy has planted, that you did not authorize. Let it be uprooted right now. Wherever they have been planted, planted, wherever in the daytime, in the nighttime. Let it be up. Oh, let it be up. Let it be up. Right let it be up. In the name of Jesus. Every piece of the enemy. 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 Every piece of the opposite right now. Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Oh, let your amen be born again. Amen. Zechariah chapter 1 verse 18 to 21. Zechariah chapter 1, 18 to 21. We prayed this yesterday. We're going to pray it again. It says, Then lifted I up mine eyes and saw, and behold four horns. And I said unto the angel that talked with me. Today you are praying this for yourself personally, right? What be these? And he answered me, These are the horns which have scattered Judah, Israel, and Jerusalem. And the Lord showed me four carpenters. Then said I, What come these to do? And he spake, saying, These are the horns which have scattered Judah, so that no man can lift up his head. This year your head will be lifted. In the name of Jesus. Amen. I pray for every man under the sound of my voice. Your head will be lifted. Amen. Everything you need to be a man, God will give it to you. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Every firstborn under the sound of my voice. What it takes to be a firstborn, God will give it to you. Amen. You will not look up to your siblings. They will look up to you. In the name of Jesus. He said, but these are come to free them. That is to put an end to their agenda. To cast out the horns of the Gentiles. Which lifted up their horn over the land of Judah to scatter it. You are going to pray saying, Father, in the name of Jesus. Father, in the name of in Jesus. In this year 2024. In this year 2024. Lift up my head. This lift up my head. Lift up my head financially. Lift up my head. In my family. In my family. Among my peers. Among my peers. And in the marketplace. In the marketplace. Father, in the name of Jesus. Name lift of up Jesus. my head this year. Lift up financially. My head. In my family. In my among family. my peers. Among my and peers. in the marketplace. Lift up your voice and turn that into prayers. Put your hands on your head as a point of contact. In this year 2024. My head is lifted. My head in the is name of Jesus, lift up my, my head. head is lifted. In this my year, 2024, lift up 
my hands financially in my family, among my peers, in the marketplace. I will not be a slave to my peers. I will not be a slave to my colleagues. Oh, me will be shackled back up and back. In the name of Jesus, in my family, oh, my head will be lifted. Look clearly, among my friends, extended in the marketplace, in my industry, in my sphere of influence. My head is lifted. I will not be an echo. My voice will be recognized. In the name of Jesus, my head is lifted. I will not be an echo. My head is lifted. My head is lifted. My head is lifted. In the name of Jesus, my head is lifted. Among your peers, you will be lifted. Amen. You will not be the ones that every time something will happen, they will have to be contributing money for you. Amen. You will be the one giving to your friends. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Everyone you have looked up to, they will look up to you. Amen. In this year 2024, let there be a turning around. Amen. Let there be a shifting of positions. Amen. A change of status. Amen. Elevation on every side. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. In that business, in that industry, let your voice be heard. Amen. Let your voice be heard. Amen. Let your voice be heard. Amen. Your voice will not be silenced. Amen. Your volume will not be lowered. Amen. Your voice will not be silenced. Amen. Your head will be lifted. Amen. You will be a force to be reckoned with. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Isaiah 54 and verse 15. Isaiah chapter 54 and verse 15. Isaiah chapter 54 and verse 15. The Bible says, Behold, they shall what? They shall surely gather to you. This is the Bible. Say, so nobody's against me. Me, I'm a gentle person. The Bible says they shall surely. Whether you are nice, whether you are not nice, whether you are vocal, whether you know, there's some people that will say, No, don't talk or don't tell people about the things you want to do so that they will not attack you. Whether you talk or not, they will gather against you. The Bible says, They shall surely, it's of certainty that they will gather. But God is saying, But not by me. Now, this is the verdict. He said, Whosoever shall gather together against you, what will happen? They shall fall for my sake. <laughs> One of my mentors would always say, Walai gunyo palais water. That simply means because of me, huh, as they are gathering, is that my gathering that will destroy them? Because that's what the Bible says. It says they shall surely gather. It says they will gather against you, but they shall fall because of you. That's why they will fall. I thought I was going to hear a loud amen. Amen. Are you sure you are not the one doing the gathering? Because your amen is not showing it. <laughs> amen. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus. Father, in the name of Jesus. Let every gathering, let every gathering against me, against my me, family, my family, and my advancement, my be scattered right now. Scattered right Father, now. In Father, in the name of Jesus. Let every gathering against me, against my family, and against my advancement, be scattered right now. Lift up your voices and turn down into prayers. Every gathering against me in this year, 2024, everyone that gathers against me. 
Everyone that gathers against the Gateway Church, everyone that gathers against no solutions, everyone that gathers against stupid weddings, everyone that gathers against anyone generally connected to the Gateway Church, whether they gather in the office, gather in the marketplace, gather in the families, everyone that gathers against our advancement, let them be scattered right now. Let every country that God has not authorized be scattered right now. In the name of Jesus, every country in January, everyone that gathers, everyone that gathers against me in January, in February, in March, in April, in May, in June, in July, in August, in September, in October, in November, in December, every country against this ministry, let it scatter. This will not prevail. If you don't succeed in the name of Jesus, oh, Matthew, you can take a failure. Every God is against me. Cast a cast now in the name of Jesus. 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 In the name of no guarding against the Gateway Church. No guarding against my family. No guarding against my husband. Shall prosper in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Are you still? Um, do you still have the strength to pray some more? Yes, sir. Genesis 27 and verse 30. Genesis 27 and verse 30. This is our own mountain. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Genesis 27 and verse 30. The Bible says, And it came to pass, as soon as Isaac had made an end of blessing Jacob, and Jacob was yet cast gone out from the presence of Isaac his father, that Esau, his brother, came in from his own. Please go to another translation, maybe amplified or NLT, so that you will understand. Now, as soon as Isaac had finished blessing Jacob, and Jacob had scarcely left the presence of Isaac, his father, he saw his brother came in from the hunting. Why didn't you come when they were still giving out your blessing? It was late. This year, you will not be late to your place of destiny. Amen. The prayer is this. You will say, Father, in the name of Jesus. Father, in the name of Jesus. Quicken my footsteps. Quicken my footsteps. my place of destiny and favor. my place of destiny and favor. Father, in the name of Jesus. Father, in the name of Jesus. my footsteps. Quicken my footsteps. To my place of destiny. To my place of destiny. And to my place of favor. To my place of favor. Lift up your voices and turn down into prayers. Father, in the name of Jesus. Father, in the name of Jesus. Quicken my footsteps. Quicken my footsteps. To my place of destiny. To my place of destiny. To my place of favor. To my place of destiny. To my place of blessings. To my place of favor. To my place of my footsteps, okay, my footsteps. I'm in the right place on the right time. Right in the name of Jesus. In the name I of Jesus. Late. I will not be late. Late blessings. I should be early. I have early in the name blessings. of Jesus. In the name I will of be on Jesus. Time. I will be on time. I will always blessings. be on time. Always on time. I will always be on time. In the name of Jesus. I will submit the applications on time. Oh, I will be on the jobs on time. In the name of Jesus. Oh, I will submit the CVs on time. I will submit the CVs on time. I will reply the clients on time. I will always be on time. In the name of Jesus, I make the right calls on time. I am with the right clients on time. My footstep is quick to my place of destiny, to my place of faith, to my place of favor. In the name of 
timely for blessings. In Jesus' name, name we have prayed. Amen. We are going to pray that prayer again. See, God can quicken you in different ways. Hmm? You know, there have been times when maybe you want to do something and you feel you should talk to someone. And when you spoke to the person, the person said, Ah, oh, and I just gave it to someone. If you are dark, tell you. That's what I'm talking about. And it is not always a lie. If you had just asked one hour earlier, you would have gotten it. There are people, ah, huh? some men, and not scoping now, that have married, and one month later they met someone, ah, they couldn't say it. Ah, this is the person, if I met this person earlier, and this person has been believing God for life partner, this is the person I should have married. There are people who, the businesses they should have done, the contracts they should have received, if they are shown up on time, you would have gotten it. You will pray it again. I will not be late for destiny. I will not be late, I will for, not be late for my blessings. I will not be late, I will for, not my be late for my favor. I will not be late, late for my prophecies and turn that into prayers. I will not In be this late. year 2024, this year 2024, I will not be late for destiny. I will not be late for In destiny. The name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Oh, I will not be late. I will not be late. I will not be delayed. I will not be delayed. In the name of Jesus. 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 My step is quickened. My steps are quickened. I am quickened. To my place of destiny. To my place of blessings. To my place of Favor. In the name of Jesus, I will not be late. I will not be late. There will not be delay. Oh, Masha, I am early for my blessings. I will not be late. I will not be late. I will not be late. In the name of Jesus, I arrive on time. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed. Amen. We have three more. Joel 2 and verse 23. Joel chapter 2 and verse 23. Be glad. Then, ye children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God, for he has given you the former rain moderately, and it will cause to come down for you the rain, the former rain, and the latter rain. When? When are we? The first month. He says the former, the things that should have happened, and the things that should be happening. God is saying the fact that you missed it does not mean it is gone. He says, I will give you together. In the first month, I'm going to leave January up before God. I'm going to say, Father, in the name of Jesus, beginning from this month of January, let every blessing that has been delayed and the one and the one that should come this month that should come this in month. my life, in my life, in my work, in my work, in my family, in my family, and my finances, and my let finances. it be released let it right be now. Right now, let's stop your voices and turn into prayers. Jesus. Beginning Father, from this month of January. Let every blessing that has been delayed and the one you have ordained for this month of January, let it be released right now. In the name of Jesus, let it be released right now. For this first month, let every blessing that has been delayed, let it be released right now. In the name of Jesus, right now. Let it be released right now. Let it be released in the name of Jesus. In this month of January, in the name of Jesus. For the word says that the former rain and the latter rain will be given in the first month from this month. Oh, the blessings are released. The blessings are released. The blessings are released in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse 13. You're going to speak to those hands once again. Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse 13. How about you see several times in the Bible where scriptures will say, And the Lord shall bless the work of what? Not the work of your legs, the work of your hands. Because your hand is your tool of productivity. A tool of productivity. If I want to give you something, how would you receive it? It's with your hand. You don't receive something with leg. You don't receive it with the head. When the blessing comes on your head, it shows in your hand. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So you're going to pray tonight. Because the Bible says, And when your ads and your flocks multiply, and your silver and gold is multiplied, and all, not most, all, it means everything you came into this year with will multiply. Oh, somebody didn't hear what I just said. Everything you came into this year with will multiply. In the name of Jesus. I'm going to lift up your voice and say, Father, in the name of Jesus. All through this year. From January to December. Cause silver and gold to multiply in my hands on a monthly basis. As I spend, as I invest, as I give. This year, no financial or material resource will that I came into this year with is it greatly multiplied nothing diminishes in my hands nothing reduces in my life in the name of Jesus as I spend as I give as I spend, oh, as I gave, nothing diminishes in, in my the hand. Nothing dies in my hand. Hey. My riches are much In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Ezekiel 37 and verse 9. Let's turn to the north. Ezekiel 37 and verse 9. The Bible says, Then said he, prophesy unto the wind. Not prophesy unto me, but unto the wind. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the wind, Thus says the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon the slain, that they may live. I'm going to lift up your voice, saying, Father, in the name of Jesus, by the wind of your spirit, bring to me from every corner of this earth everything that I need for my destiny and advancement this year. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, by the wind of your spirit, bring to me from every corner of this earth everything I need for my destiny and advancement this year. Lift up your voices and begin to speak from the side to the north. Begin a decree and declare everything that I need from the northern part of this city. Lord, 
the relationships, the information, the resources, everything that I need from the northern part of the city, the states, this nation, from the northern part of Africa, from the northern part of the world, let everything that I need, let it begin to gravitate towards me right now, in the name of Jesus, let it begin to come to me, I speak to the northern part of the world, I speak to the north wind, Bring to me by the wind of the Spirit everything that I need for my destiny and advancement even this year in the name of Jesus. Turn to the West. Begin to decree. Begin to declare. Everything that I need comes to me. Everything I need from the West this year. The connections I need. The business partners I need. The jobs that I need. The remote jobs. Let them begin to come. Everything I need from the West. The information. The connections. The visibility. From Western Lagos. Western Nigeria. Western Africa. Oh, the Western part of the world. Let the West begin to bring you to me even by the wind of the Holy Ghost turn to the south begin to decree everything that I need begin to declare everything that I need from the southern part of this city from the southern part of Nigeria from the southern part of Africa let it begin to come to me in the name of Jesus let everything that I need let it begin to come from the southern part of the world Begin to come to me in the without delay. In the name of Jesus, turn to the east right now. Let everything that I need, let it come to me. Let it come to me. Let it come to me. Everything that I need from the east, let it begin to come to me. In the name of Jesus, let it come to me. Everything that I need comes to me. In the name of Jesus, let from the eastern part of the city. The eastern part of this nation, the eastern part of this continent, the eastern part of the world, everything that I need gravitate towards me in the name of Jesus. Oh, begin to give him the thanks now. Begin to praise him. Thank you for answering prayers. The Bible says the confidence we have in him. And any time we ask man to even according to his will, he Lord, hears us. When he hears us, we know we have the petitions that are required of him. Oh, we thank you. We bless you. Thank you, we Jesus. give you the glory. Thank you, In Jesus. Jesus' name we have prayed. Let's bring our, our expectation cards. If you don't have the expectation cards, you have not gotten at all. If you've gotten before, I'm not talking about you, right? You've not gotten at all, please lift your hand, please. If you need an expectation card, Royal Guards, I think we have new copies, right? Do we have it there? Where is it? Olamide. Please let's do that very fast, please. Please keep your hands lifted so that it can slip on in your hands. You don't have to rush to feel it now. You can do it tonight and please bring it tomorrow. And remember, for the seven days, um, seven Sundays after the Breakthrough Festival, we're also supposed to be bringing it because we're going to rejoice over it in faith. Amen. Everything will come to pass. Amen. All right. So I want you to begin to speak to it, right? Even if those expectation cards are still empty, begin to declare that everything I write on this expectation card will become my testimony. Come on, begin to speak. Mark 11 and verse 23. Jesus said, if you do not doubt in your heart, but you believe the things you have said will come to pass. He said, you shall have whatsoever you say. Begin to decree and declare. These expectations are becoming my testimony. I didn't say place it on your chest. Nobody's looking and reading your expectation. Speak to it. 
as they are speaking to you, they read it again. Speak to it, speak to it, speak to it, speak to it. Speak to it. Because you need to remember what you are expecting from God. In the name of that this is becoming my reality. This expectations this I'm coming back with this testimony. I'm coming back. I will stand before God's people to share every of this testimony. Oh, you will become my reality. In the name of Jesus. You will become my reality. In the name of Jesus. In this year 2024, every of these expectations all will come to pass. Not most, but all. All will come to pass. In the name of Jesus. Wait be to God. I begin to thank Him right now. Thank you, Lord. Wait between in gratitude. Because this is coming to pass. You are coming back with your testimony. Oh, Father, we thank you. Father, we bless you. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for everything you have done. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Seated. 